0: It's time! Drew Doherty and John Harris have their white coats and their goggles on. And they're ready to talk Texans in a different sort of way. Uh, Let's go in the lab.
1: All right, this is In The Lab, and we're so very excited that you're with us. It's me, Drew Doherty, and my good pal, John. And this little intro that you're hearing right now, the sound quality is, is normal. And John, sometimes gremlins get in the machine, huh. something happens, and sound quality is compromised. And you're still going to be able to hear us. You can still understand us, but it's not going to sound as good because we went through and recorded, and we, you're a smart guy. I'm much less smart when it comes to technical matters. And we can't figure out what just happened on that 25 minute podcast.
0: Yeah, so it's going to sound almost like we are in an echo chamber, uh-huh. like we're at the uh, Salt Cave. Right. In uh, West Virginia. Greenbrier in West Virginia. But we are actually not. We are in our studio. We've recorded every single file the exact same way, and 99 of them are good. And for some reason, this one's kind of weird. You can still hear it, and you got some good stuff here. So take a listen.
1: Today, what you're going to listen to is the reason In The Lab started, because you and I will kind of nerd out and find out little statistical trends and little uh, ideas, and we'll chit-chat about them, and I thought, we need to make this into a podcast. So over the off-season, we started doing that, and that's what we're going to do today. But before we get started, don't forget, you can check us out on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. We want to get better we want you to love us but most of all we just want you to listen here's here's on tap here's here's the table of contents if you will we're giving away obscure game balls meaning guys who flew under the radar who deserve a game ball with you. Yeah. we are talking about the uh, key situation key turning point in the game and the win that just happened and then we're also going to talk about a matchup to watch Texans bill so let's start with obscure game balls and there are many
0: different ways you can go. You want me to start with the
1: obscure game balls, first. John? Okay, fair enough. Fair so enough. I got a
0: couple in mind. I would imagine I could take both, so you can only take one.
1: Okay, this is tough. You've, uh, I had three options, and I'm going to go with the duo of Benardrick McKinney and Zach
0: Cunningham. It's a good one. I yeah. picked Zach last week, so I couldn't pick this. I couldn't pick Zach again. Yeah. I thought I don't even. I don't even know if that's unsung or they were fantastic.
1: They were. and I, Well, I think it is unsung because we saw the, the phenomenal catch at the end by DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he obviously gets the game ball. Yep. This is the obscure game ball. We saw what Watson did. Gutty effort. Um, 300-some passing yards, another good good job by him. We knew what clowny and Watt did. They blew it up all night. But BMAC and Cunningham really did the deal on Ezekiel Elliott, and it he did. had, what, 55
0: rushing yards if that, 52 rushing yards total? Yeah, I think it was 20 for 54 maybe, something like that. I and, mean, it was under three yards of carry. I mean, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, it was a really good job all around, but those two guys in particular. Chad 20 for 54, and he had seven catches for 30. So he had 27 okay. touches, 27 touches for 84 yards. And now I want to go a little deeper on that okay. right here. Because those two, with the
1: rest of the defense, but those two specifically – Let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott and what he did in the fourth quarter. I'm going to go down the line for you, okay? Okay. Pass reception for one yard. Okay. Rush for negative four. (laughs) Pass reception for five yards. Run for two yards. Run for minus one yard. Pass reception for ten yards. Run for four yards. Run for no gain. That's in the fourth quarter and overtime. Did you total that up? How much is that? All told, that's eight touches, John, mm-hmm. for seventeen yards. In the fourth quarter and overtime. And the fourth quarter and overtime. Three catches total. Three catches for sixteen yards, which okay, that's nice. You get five five and change mm-hmm. on some passes, but he ran the ball five times, John, for one, one rushing yard. yard. One rushing <laughs> yard in, in fourth the fourth quarter and overtime. So with all of that in mind and I'm going to take a pause here, and I'm going to let you do yours. But let's remember that sequence because we're going to come
0: back to that after you give out your obscure game ball. Okay. So here's one thing that's fascinating about that before I get to mine. Mm-hmm. I felt like when this game went to overtime that we might have been in a little bit of trouble only because I remember how gassed the defense mm-hmm. was in Indianapolis. Yes. Then I went back and I looked at the stat sheet and I looked at the number of plays the Texans faced. And it was, oh, I say only. It was only 60. They're, against, against the Cowboys? Against the Cowboys. Yeah, okay. So I don't know how many plays they ended up running in overtime. It was not an excessive amount. Now, against the Colts, they faced a number of plays. I think the Colts game, it was like eighty 82 plays maybe they faced. Yeah. Uh, they they had seven. They had, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, seven seven plays in overtime. So they faced 53 plays in regulation. So I was worried about stamina. I, I, I just remember thinking, man, as this game got close, I thought, man, if this thing goes overtime, which I didn't think for a long time it was going to because I just felt like they dominated this game, really. Yeah. In all honesty, they dominated this game. But they just allowed <laughs> Dallas. I saw somebody put it this way. Uh, I can't remember who wrote this. It may have been Bill Barnwell on ESPN. He wrote, he's talking about the NFC East. And the NFC East has got some struggles right now. Mm-hmm. The NFC East got it handed to them this weekend. Yeah, We beat Dallas. New Saints Orleans got yeah. hammered Washington. Yeah. Eagles get beat at home by the Vikings. And then the Giants lost. Uh, so all four NFC East Carolina. teams won. So, or lost, excuse me. So I was worried about the fatigue factor. Because it was but, because
1: you know what it was very noticeable when you're just being on the field in overtime in Indy. In, in Indy it was very, very. Guys were tired. Guys were gassed. So. I mean, very hands on so. hips, hands on helmets, all of them. And you know, I didn't. Everybody. I didn't see that Sunday night. I didn't see that at all. At all. It I was, mean, it was guys are tired, and guys, it's it's very taxing, but. I mean, it looked like they needed a breather
0: multiple, multiple times in, in the Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so with all that in mind, with all that in mind, I'm going to go over to the other side of the box. I'm going to read okay. you. I'm going to read you a stat line real fast because I think, I think you will appreciate where I'm going with this. All right, here's what the stat line looks like. Okay, it goes zero one zero 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 zero. You know what that is? Is that DeMarcus Lawrence's
1: uh, stat line? That is exactly what that that is. And that one was a tackle, but it was really an
0: assist. He combined for a tackle of what, a four-yard gain or something like that? He did. He had one assist. So I give my unsung hero game ball to Kendall Lamb. That's a great one. That's a great one. I'll tell you this quick story. When we beat Indianapolis, we're coming off the field. I saw Kendall. And I had done a, a Texas Children's Hospital uh, thing with he and Greg Mance uh, a couple weeks ago. I did uh, Radio Lollipop, yeah. which was a blast. And so I got a chance to kind of hang with Greg and with Kendall. And 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 we know these guys. I mean, we we kind of know them. Obviously, they're two of than, the
1: better dudes around. I mean,
0: it's a locker no, room full of good no dudes, doubt. and they're two of the better dudes in that locker room. No, no doubt. And they've yeah. been here since 2015 together. And in 2017, Kendall started at left tackle. He had a rough game against Jacksonville. I mean, it was it was rough. I mean, I, he he. They, I mean those guys were those guys were ready. They were rough. And I think Kendall's reputation was shaped off that one game. I think it was unfortunate because I had seen Kendall do some really good things for this team. And I think Kendall's confidence was really shaken at that point. But he has continued to, to battle back and he's fought back to I think I just went battle fight, but he's <laughs> he's battle fought his way back. And he got the opportunity to play in Indianapolis. And we were coming off the field. It wasn't perfect. He gave up one sack and I think he had a holding than that, I thought he did a pretty solid job, and I just I just went up to him, and I gave him big five, and he just said, as we're coming off the field, he goes, I've been waiting a long time to do that. That's awesome, yeah. And so he deserved I, did, it. I did worry about that against DeMarcus Lawrence because DeMarcus Lawrence is way better than Jabal Sheard or anybody the Colts can throw at him. And I so I worried about that. And they gave Kendall some help, there's no doubt, but there was plenty of times where Kendall was one-on-one with 90 and just poof, locked him up. Mm-hmm. One tackle. By the At the time, the guy that led the league in sacks with five and a half coming off a game in which he had three sacks Mm -hmm. against the Detroit Lions going against Ricky Wagner, the guy that a lot of people in Houston wanted to go get in free agency, Kendall Lamb at right tackle said, no, I got this. And he locked it down. No, it wasn't perfect. DeMarcus Lawrence and Jalen Smith got that hit on Deshaun, caused the interception at the end. That was, a, that was a blitz scheme thing, and Kendall got stuck over there with two guys, and they kind of botched that whole thing on the right side. That was really, to me, the only screw-up, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I'll read this tweet that my our good friend, Lance Airline just tweeted out, and we talked about this after the game, so I know he went and, and looked at this because this was something that we, we talked about. He said, and I quote, I know everyone is eager to kill the Texas offensive line at all times, but it is worth noting that against the Cowboys – Next-gen stats say that Deshaun Watson was pressured on just 20% of his dropbacks, which was the lowest number of his career. He was only sacked once. They did that versus a good defensive front. And that sack was only for one yard. Yeah. So uh, appreciate LZ. Love you, brother. But that said, to get that few pressures against those guys – when they have some dudes over there. That was a pretty significant thing. So my unsung hero game ball goes to Kendall Lamb for producing a bunch of zeros. I like it.
1: Uh, and on another note, another Lance's airline note, that guy's fancy, man. He's got, he's got good clothes. I saw him on the sideline after the game. He had a sweet jacket on, on. I want some of that stuff. I know. I like Anyways. Okay, let's go back to – okay, so we've given out game balls. Now okay. time to move on to key point, key turning point, if you will, in the game. Okay. Everyone has talked about this. It's the – the decision by Jason Garrett to punt. Yeah. In overtime. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it from this angle. I, he should have gone for it. I think he should have figured out a way to get the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. But I think perhaps that sequence that I went over a few moments ago. Yeah. The one minus four, five two, minus one, ten four zero, those were all plays for Ezekiel Elliott. And I think he might have thought, uh well, our best guy's been getting stopped and let's try to punt it. Yeah, I don't think that's the right decision, but I think that's perhaps a reason that he did what he did, mm-hmm. and that's why the Texans were able to come up and do do one of the things they did. I loved it. I loved, I love what what they answered with in overtime, letting DeAndre Hopkins get the ball, putting it into his hands. You know, on Monday, O'Brien said you try to get the ball to him twenty to twenty five times a game. Yeah, I mean, if you do that. <laughs> When's the last time they targeted him twenty times? Has that ever happened I don't know. I think it is mine
0: that well, Hopkins wants it that often. Yeah. Um, it's been it, it's interesting to watch the communication between DeAndre and Deshaun just during a game. Like <laughs> I don't know how Deshaun I don't know how Deshaun's like DeAndre man, I gotta throw other people. Man. I gotta get it so But what I what I loved about it was after DeAndre had the fumble and I thought I thought it would be at a really good comment he was he was on his coach's show with us and we asked him about that because he said in his press in his press conference after the game and i thought it was a really good moment and he and he said uh hop walked over to him and he goes i'll get it back mm-hmm. and how many guys say that but then you know not really gonna happen they say you
1: listen to that guy though you know yeah. you really
0: want to he's no shrinking violet so. <laughs> And so bill was like what do i do i mean this guy's been you know, he's been with us for five years. He's been our offense. He's like, he's been our guy. Like, I'm going to go over there and scold him or not throw the ball to him. Yeah. He goes, no. I'm going to give him the football. So, uh, I thought it was a, you know, I thought, I thought that was, that was pretty interesting and he definitely, he definitely got it back, but he, man, his hands are so strong. When Leighton Vander Esch tackles him, that's a 255 pound linebacker running 4-5 chasing that him good. out. guy's That guy's really good. He's got the ball in his hands and he's just clutching it. It's uh-huh. not like tucked into his body. It's like, it's almost like he felt more comfortable with the ball out here. And here's here's what I love about that particular moment. It was a great shot on the broadcast. And I saw it on the field because I had to run all the way down. So I run all the way down. So by the time I got there, it sort of dissipated a little bit. But J. Joe and Clowney were, like, right in front of me, like, 20-yard line. They're not supposed to go past, like, there's a yellow line, like right. 30 or something like that. But you can on big plays. Yes. Like they let them sort of big. bleed over. And so – when you see on the broadcast, you see everybody just st- almost storm the field, like all the defensive yeah. players, like Watt and Clowney and J. Joe and Tyron, They're all like running that direction. Like, they, I mean, it was just such a big play from that perspective. Um, I I thought I thought the biggest I thought the biggest play of the game outside of Hop's Hop's play was that third and one stop. Mm-hmm. To, to your point, I mean, I I thought that was. When Zach Cunningham made that tackle, I wrote down a note and said, if we win this game, that's the one that we're going to remember. Here's here, This is weird. This is what I remember. Remember 2014? I remember this distinctly because I remember Bill O'Brien that day in the, in the locker room in Dallas being just very upset. And he was mad at me and mad at a lot of people. You're but, talking about after the loss in overtime to, yes. at Dallas. So in overtime in Dallas, we got the ball in a 20. Arian ran for twenty four yards, got a first down, then Blue ran or Foster picked up six. Blue picked up two his third and two, and we were just on the other side. We were in the Dallas forty eight yard line. Yeah. And we third and two pass and we went to throw to Arian out of the backfield. Thought we had a matchup. It was incomplete. And it was like do you take do you oh, what do you do here? Now at that time, it was still fifteen-minute overtime, but I yep. believe the rules were still the same for. I think it was still a touchdown. Goal. I yeah. think you still had to get a touchdown to end it. Field goal, they get a shot. JJ this, was playing out of his mind. Yeah, decided to punt at that point. Mm-hmm. They get the ball at the twenty-yard line. Dallas comes down. They got a big play from their stud receiver. And they get Romo to Des Bryant down the sideline, which sets up again. I mean, it was almost like the same exact. It was mi- overtime, it was- almost mirror image plays mm-hmm. it was unbelievable and even in that game jj went to get romo romo sneaks out of it through the touchdown yep. jj's got prescott dead the rights he throws the biggest pass of the game yeah and gets that ball to tavon austin which i was just how did that happen i'm going to give you one that i thought was i thought was huge in this one and i want to make sure i have the timing of this right because so this is an
1: auxiliary choice
0: yeah an ancillary I, because choice. i sort of was following choice. i was sort of following you a little bit and i didn't not that I don't want to follow you, but I sort of felt like I was kind of climbing on climbing on board. Mm-hmm. But in the uh, I'm trying to remember when that was, it was it after the Tavon Austin catch? But Tyron Matthew had a tackle for a loss on Elliott, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking that's a massive that's a massive play. And it was, in, I believe, it was in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was a loss of four. It was the second touch of the fourth quarter. By, uh, okay, so yes, it's right after the Tavon yeah. Austin play. So there's 8:31 left. 100. There's 8:31 left, and Prescott gets out of the sack for JJ. Dunny can't get him down. Cutting him hits him right in the jaw, right as he's about to pass the line of scrimmage, and he's falling out of bounds and throws it hits Tavon Austin. And I thought the, you know, there were some Cowboys fans there, just like there were Texans fans in 14. Yep. And they were like, "We got this one. Mm-hmm. We got this one." And on first and ten, they swing one out to Elliott. And Tyra Matthew comes up with a tackle for a loss at that point. It made it second and 14. And I thought, okay, hold him to a field goal and we'll go down and win this thing with a touchdown. Of course, we did get a touchdown, we got a field goal. I thought that was an underrated moment in the game. He was—he would have been my third obscure game ball. Yeah. I was going to give it to him if he was I thought he was it. fantastic because on the very next play, they tried to throw Michael Gallup on the sideline. And who broke up that pass? Tyra Matthew. That made third and 14. Prescott. Hit Elliott, only picked up five. They had to settle for a field goal. The field goal tied it. But at that point, you're thinking when he makes that play, it's kind of like, oh, man, here we go again. He makes this damn play. They're going to go in and score make it 20-16. to Now they got a four-point lead. Now we have to score a touchdown. They've been really good in the red zone. Obviously, they've been really go- good in goal-to-go situations. But that tackle by Tyron, I was like, okay, now it's second and long. Now they're in trouble. Yeah. Now they're in trouble. Then he gets the pass breakup, knocking Gallup out of bounds. They didn't give a pass defense on it. He deserved one because Gallup had it in his hands, and he hit him right at the same time, and that ball popped out. So I thought Tyron Matthew making those two plays on that drive to make sure Dallas didn't turn it at a point of seven points and hold him to three at that point after the miraculous play. I thought that was a huge moment. I've loved the
1: addition of Tyron Matthew. I loved it when it happened, yep. and then everything that we thought he could be has probably it's, it's kind of come to fruition. He's been making plays on the field, but I didn't realize the leadership aspect that he brought to the yeah. field. I didn't realize – He'd be this vocal leader so early, and he has. Yeah, I I was
0: hoping that we'd get that out. I'll never forget. He breaks them down, I mean, in in huddles and everything. Drew, and you know I love the All or Nothing series? Yeah. And it started with the Cardinals. The Uh Cardinals were the first one, and they did it for the 2015 season. So they did the Cardinals, the Rams, the Cowboys. And so they did the Cardinals, and so Ty gets hurt against the Eagles. So they got a great season going. And Ty picks off a pass against Philadelphia and hurts his knee at that point. And so it's just it's crushing. Like Bruce Arians, I get it now. I mean I, I knew it at the time, like I knew how valuable it was, but I but I get it even more now yeah. seeing him and seeing the impact he can have. But Bruce Arians got up the next day at his press conference and as they were asking him about Tyron he started he started crying. I was just like I, I get it. I totally I totally and completely understand it with beyond a shadow of a doubt I get it because that's how much he meant to that team. So that week, they're getting ready for somebody. They're getting ready. They're getting ready to go into the playoffs. And he's in the back of the room, and he's on his crutches, and he delivers a speech. And I swear to you, I just, I'll run through a wall for that guy. I'll run through. A wall. I I thought pretty highly of him before that. Yeah. But I saw that, and then when I saw that we signed him, I was like, that. I I hope we get that. We've yeah. gotten that, and then some. And I just hope, I just hope with a one-year contract that they've seen what they want to see that they'll bring him back because I think he's so valuable to the team, man. Eight he's tackles
1: just, on Sunday night, the tackle for a loss, the pass breakup that didn't count but really did that you're talking about, and the leadership I love. You know,
0: you joke a lot of times, you know, we used to talk about this in high school, especially high school because you're always getting off the bus. Mm-hmm. You always know, he's talking about, I want this guy to go off the bus first because he's the most intimidating, most dominant. I want him to get off the bus first. Yeah. Because when he walks out there, he's got he's got unbelievable swag. He just he walks, he talks, he plays it. He's I, I just love everything about the way he plays this game. And I, I'd i love him to be the first guy off the bus and then Clowney and Watt follow after him. And, and I don't mean them to follow anybody, but it's just the way that he holds himself and the way that they have responded to him I think has been really, really important. Mm-hmm. Especially at 0-3. Yeah. The way that he has, he has, kept
1: the, yeah. You keep things steady. That guy kept things steady. Yeah. You know, he kept the fight up, kept yeah. all that stuff going. It's it was. It's been very very important. Yeah, he he's been an, an amazing addition. Uh, okay. Very quickly looking ahead, Texans yeah. Bills. I'm gonna go back to my two game ball awardees, and I'll throw, I'll lump in Matthew, but okay. Bernardrick McKinney, Zach Cunningham, and Matthew got to play like they did the other night against an offense that has a guy like Shady McCoy, yep. LaShawn McCoy, he can do some damage. Because Josh Allen, is he's on his way up. Uh, he's going to struggle mightily this year. Yep. He's got two touchdowns. He's got five picks in a limited portion of the play. Didn't, they didn't get a touchdown last week. They only had four field goals. So I think you really, if you can help neutralize Shady McCoy like you did with Elliott last yep. week, you win
0: this one walking away. I really do. Uh, Shady McCoy was going to be the one that I I had thought about it's the first one I thought about when, mm-hmm. when we first discussed this because I think if you shut him down it, look the, the Bills I don't think will score a ton of points and you, but you can't you can't allow them those opportunities. Here's here's my biggest worry on the other side of the ball defensively. Mm-hmm. It might be the best defensive face this year. This is as good a young cohesive defense for a bunch of young guys and guys haven't been been together much you know with Jordan Poyer, Mike Hyde, and Tredavious White some guys have been around for a while you know Hyde's been around for a while Poyer's been around for a while Tredavious only in his second year um Kai Williams has been around for a little bit but just them all together is to me the whole is greater than some of its parts and some of the parts are really really good mm-hmm. like I think Tremaine Edmonds is going to be one hell of a linebacker uh Matt Milano is one of the most underrated linebackers I think in the league Kyle Williams is still getting it done up front. I don't know that, you know, Jerry Hughes, I, I was going to say, I don't know that they got a bunch of edge guys, but Jerry Hughes coming off the edge is going to be a problem. So I think what you cannot do, what that group thrives on, is flipping teams over, mm-hmm. you know, shutting you down three and outs or turning you over and then allowing the offense to put up some points if they do anything. So turning a team over, putting a ball in scoring position, okay, offense doesn't do anything, but, you know, it's three points. They could generate points just off of turning teams over. So to me, ball security, taking care of the football, and then for Deshaun, it's not taking those hits because if he thought Dallas hit him, yeah, these Buffalo are, are some bad dudes. They're rugged. It's a good It's a good way of putting it. They're rugged. They're gritty. They're not fancy. They they run. And the other thing, and and I did, I did a telestrator for KPRC for game day on on Sunday, and the one thing, and I saw this run against Tennessee, and I just went. That's it. That's the epitome of their defense. And they just ran Dion Lewis and they they you know, Buffalo was in their just four three overlook and they tried to run Dion Lewis on split zone and every gap is filled. Nobody is going anywhere. Well, Lewis has nowhere to go. Milano is right there in the A gap like he's supposed to be when Lewis cuts it back to him, tackle him for a one yard loss. But the amazing thing is you pause it right as Lewis hits the ground, and there are ten bills. Within two yards of that play, the fast, yeah. And the only guy that's not there, they're like why are eleven? Because Tre'Davious White was in man coverage on our Corey Davis, right? And that's the Who's only reason a burner. Why. And you got to worry right. about him being out there. And, and the Tre'Davious is out there one on one, so they will run the football. They're aggressive. They're smart. They're disciplined. So you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to take over the line of scrimmage. You're gonna have to do things quickly. You're gonna have to make decisions quickly. Deshaun's got to get the ball out of his hands, and he's got to let his playmakers play. Uh, out in space and see how they respond to that sort of game they will they'll make adjustments it's a good defense and I think Sean McDermott's a very very good coach and I think he's perfect for Buffalo I think he is perfect and my, my buddy I've gotten to know Sal Capacci the silent reporter and we talk about it all the time and they love Sean mm-hmm. even through the struggles of early on this year when they got that win in Minnesota it was like hey we got the right form yeah We're all
1: right they're gonna be they're gonna be somebody to contend with down the line yep. they're not yep. bad at all if
0: Josh Allen comes along yeah, you're gonna be. You're right. Absolutely, they're gonna to be tough. You're
1: tough too, John. Thanks so much for doing this. Oh, come
0: on, and man! We'll be back in the lab is fun. In the lab fun is fun. This week.
1: Let's uh, let's mix some potions and let's get a, another win. Win number three. Cool. With
0: Got you. it. Sounds good. <laughs>